Hello, everyone. This is Vincent Pacillo, host of the MSU WMA podcast. We have another amazing episode planned for you today. We recently hosted Brennan Schlagbaum. Brennan is a certified public accountant, and he is the owner of the account Budget Dog, which you have probably seen on Instagram and Twitter. Brennan helps everyday people achieve their financial goals by providing a numerous amount of resources to achieve those goals. And in today's episode, we talked about that, and we also talked about his personal financial journey, the power of a budget, and so much more. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the MSU WMA podcast. I am here with Brennan Budget Dog. How, Brennan, how is it going? Great, man. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I'm super excited to make this happen. So, um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I just want to kind of get started and um, tell us a little bit about your journey to financial freedom and how you've helped people achieve the same outcome. Sure. So I, th- I think I want to start with this is I think any business out there, um, the best businesses out there have solved a problem. And that's exactly what I've done. So I, at 23 years old, was in a lot of debt. Um, I just graduated college. I was just getting married, uh, bought cars, you know, bought the ring. All of those things just started piling up. And so I had $304,000 of debt at 23 years old. And everybody said I was doing great, but I didn't feel that the same thing. Um, I felt as if we were doing horrible, actually. So uh, when I looked at that balance sheet and I saw 304000 I made sure that we created a plan right then and right there. And it was like, I remember specifically us pacing around the living room, like we need to get this done like ASAP, like this is a problem. Um, and so we did that and we, we did it for a five-year plan and we knocked everything out, including our mortgage, um, which was absolutely crazy before 30 years old, before our first kid, um, about a month before. And uh, we, yeah, we were in a really good position. So uh, kind of uh, two years back before that all happened, uh, before we solved that solution that we had the problem to, um, we we started, we knew obviously how to do this, right? We we paid off $76,000 of debt in the first year that were, was not mortgage debt. We were on a good trajectory and I knew it could help other people because I was doing it locally. Mm-hmm. And I was able to bring that to Instagram because I was trying to figure ways to reach more people. And obviously social media was with that, that route. Uh, and it, it just kind of picked up because you, you talk to people on Instagram, social media, you start posting about finance, and people realize there's a lot of a lot of issues out there with debt, yeah. um, especially in today's world. 78% of people live paycheck to paycheck, and that stat's only rising, and it's getting worse with the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So we realized there was a solution. That's where Budget Dog came into play. Um, when I first brought it in, it was actually from my dog's point of view, hence nice. the name Budget Dog. Yes. Um, if, if some people have been following me since the beginning, and they remember my logo being a dog, literally. Um, so oh, I... I- I brought the the personal aspect in it and kind of rebranded since, but we kept the name because it was catchy. So uh, people liked it and everything. And uh, that's where we're at today. So we're, it's a growing business. Um, we're doing really well right now. Um, what's really cool is I'm about to sign my biggest for, first contract. Um, oh, that's good like for you. 40%, 40% of my starting nine to five salary, which is absolutely crazy to me. Wow. Um, this where this has come, you know, from the beginning to now, just, just two years later. Yeah, no, that's super awesome. And, and tell us a little bit about your business. So like, what do you do? Um, what are the services you offer? Like, what's Money University? What is Journey to Financial Freedom? All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I offer various assortment of personal finance products and resources. So in services. So 
one-on-one -on -one consultations with me. Um, we have products and we have resources and I'm going to have a coaching program coming soon, which is kind of a scaled out version of what I currently do. Um, and Money University, Budget Financial Freedom, my courses, um, some products, like I said, but really within all of those, they're guided to give you the resources and tools and the education that I learned along the way or used along the way. Hmm. So they're actually practical resources. And I think that's the difference of it's not a theoretical book that's like, I don't know what, what he's talking about. Like, you know, you, you read one of the, fa the fancy uh, Common Sense of Mutual Funds book or something like by Jack yeah. Bogle. And you're like, that's just kind of theoretical. I'm providing the actual like step-by-step -step tutorial of how to do this stuff. Um, budget Financial Freedom, for example, my course, like it's exactly the tools that I use to create my financial plan to get out of $304,000 of debt and also invest a ton. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's only for people in debt. Nope, a budget's for anybody at any point in uh, time. We still use those tools today. We just don't have an amortization schedule because we don't have any debt, but we right. still use a balance sheet. We still use a budget. Those are all still fundamental tools forever. Um, and that's really what my resources and products and services come down to. Nice, nice. So I, I think one of the coolest things is when I heard that you were doing Money University, I was so hyped up for that because I feel like that's the biggest thing that schools are missing now is teaching yes. kids how to do personal finance. And then the conversation with your kids, like I was really blessed to have a dad who like actually like talk to, talk to me about money and stuff like that, which is how I got into it at a very young age. But that's, that, that's a hard conversation when your kids aren't really learning about it. Like I saw a tweet from Dave Ramsey yesterday that said, you can teach your kids about taxes by taking 25% of their candy away. But just, <laughs> just, just, just little things like that. But having that conversation, teaching the kids early, I feel like is a great way to, to start that conversation. Yeah, it's huge, I think, because um, that's why we kind of brought that to the forefront and made, the, made this a course. Because we talk about this all the time, like schools don't teach us, schools don't teach us, but nobody has a solution. We just like are these shouting heads of like schools don't teach us, blah, blah, yep. blah, blame the other person. And so like what we were trying to accomplish with this is just like, let's just solve the problem and go to your house. Like we don't yeah. need the schools. That's just an, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like uh, the, the middleman, we can cut out the middleman like crypto, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so fair. House. Yeah. That's really what we're trying to do. And so that's what we've done. And it's been very successful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's aimed for people 12 to 25. Okay. But it's not limited. So, you know, uh, Leandra, who's one of the creators of the course as well, she has an immigrant mother. So it made a lot of sense for her to take the course, although she's, you know, much older than 25 years old. Right. It still helps, you know, the basics, the foundation, the foundational principles of, of finance. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's awesome. And, and what, what separates your one-on-one -on -one consultations for personal finance? Like, how do you kind of make that your personal touch? Yeah, I think it's the, I think it's the, uh, how I go in with the personal side of things. So I think a lot of financial people will look at the numbers and they'll kind of say, okay, this equals that. So therefore this is the outcome and, and just go on with your way and you know, good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah right, right. You know, I think I take a, I take a step back and I understand the human and I ask the mm -hmm. questions of that human and understand their goals, their motivations, their fears, all that kind of stuff. So I can guide them with the numbers, which are important, right. and, and yeah. mix a craft of plan that's going to work for them that's sustainable, because sustainability is the biggest thing. Um, I read a stat the other day, only 8% of people that start a goal actually finish that goal. And it's wow. because of sustainability is really hard to do. Like you, you might be all hyped and motivated that first day, but after that first week, first month, things start to get back to normal, right? And you start to not have that motivation, um, initial hype up. And so how do you stay with, with the goal, with the plan? And that's going to take, um, you know, different elements like a community, for example, which is why I'm scaling my, uh, my coaching to 
basically make it a community. Um, things like that are what separates people. And also what, what separates my one-on-one coaching is, is that personal touch of it. That's super cool. So what, um, what was one of the biggest things that you've learned about finance and like, what was that key to that, to doing that? Yeah. The biggest thing about finance, I think was like, so when I read the psychology of money book, I, I was, that was one of my favorite books of all time. Um, it's really because I love the behavioral aspect of things. Cause I'm really interested in human nature. Like that's just what, something's always fascinated me, right? Like, yeah. why do people do what they do? And so you have all these money nerds out there talking about these numbers, but they always forget the human. Like they, they're in the spreadsheet so much that they never get out of the spreadsheet and they never see the human behind it. That's using that. And that's what's more important. Uh, it's going to drive a lot more decisions. It's not just a number. Like, and, and so I think that's the most surprising thing. Um, not really surprising, but the most uh, in, influential and impactful thing that I've learned and how to incorporate that in my content, um, in my numbers are, it's really important as well. Awesome. So what do you think is something that's really plaguing or bringing down people's financial success? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but can you kind of dig deeper into that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely the behavior side of things. Um, Interesting. So wow. it, it's definitely, um, no doubt. So everyone knows to go to the gym, right? Yeah. Everyone knows to save money. Everyone knows to do X, Y, and Z, eat, eat healthy, right? Why does nobody do it? It's because of different, different contributing factors, right? And, and there's various factors as to why people don't do it. But that's why I'm understanding the human biases that come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the lack of motivation in different areas, like you have to feel passionate about different areas or you're not going to succeed. Um, you have to have a detailed written plan or you're not going to succeed. Right, it's like, right. it's like me personally. So I'm very into fitness as well. And I used to do macros. And when I track the macros on a paper, I would do them. Now I don't do them because I don't track them. And I know I'm guilty of that, but I'm sitting here talking to you knowing I'm guilty of that. And yeah. like, and I know why. And so if I do that and I incorporate that back into the world of my life, like I would start to do it and I would be successful with it. And so if you don't have a plan, you don't track and stuff like that, um, you're going to lose motivation quick. If you don't know your why, you don't know mm-hmm. why you're doing it. That's also big. Um, if you're just blindly doing stuff, it's like, I always talk about my, in my content, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I always like to make a point of that. So yesterday I bought Facebook or last week I bought Facebook stock. But I posted yesterday about it and I explained my why, but I had people saying, oh, I'm going to buy Facebook stock. It's like, because you said it, but it's like, did you think about this or the why behind why I did it? I, I explained my reasoning in great detail, but if you don't understand why you're going to do it and that stock drops, you're going to sell and you're going to buy high and sell low. And that's the worst thing you could possibly do. Right. Exactly. So is that kind of the one thing you see with the people who you consult with is like, they change their behavior and that's how they change their future all the time all the time. That's it's it's awesome. initially the mindset. Um, and I know that sounds corny a lot of times, but if yeah. you, if you're trying to accomplish a goal and you're like, okay, I'm going to push it off to Monday or next week or whatever, you're not going to do that goal. Cause you're not going to feel any different then. Yeah. If you feel different right away, it's because you really want to change. And that's when I see the most success when somebody, when I send a plan, so I'll send my financial plan to somebody and then I'll meet with them maybe like that, that next Thursday or whatever. Yeah. Um, if I meet with them and they're like, hey, I've already finished steps one through three or something like that. Yeah. I know instantly I, I've met somebody that's going to do something big, like instantly. Yeah. Uh, if somebody's like, oh, I don't know, I haven't really read the plan. I'm like, all right, we need to talk about this. Let's 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 start talking about this and get this get your uh, feet wet here. Because if, if not, if you keep pushing this off, it's not going to work. For um, sure. And I can tell the difference really fast. For sure. And kind of going back a little bit, backtracking, can you tell us a little bit about like your, so you are a CPA. How Mm -hmm. does that play into helping others with their personal finances? 
Yeah. So I think I have a lot of experience with people with the profession that I came from. So um, I was an auditor. So think of a consultant, um, yeah. not a policeman. And uh, as a as a consultant, essentially, you have to work with a client. And so my my strength at Deloitte was client relationships. And so building that relationship, that bond between the client and said policeman um, is a hard thing to do. It's hard to break that that barrier because they look at you as a policeman. So learning those skills, those people skills helped me the most. Um, then on the technical side of things, I think balance sheets, um, understanding the financials behind companies and how they relate to the individual, um, you know, let's say statement of equity, balance sheet, income statement, uh, cash flow, like understanding how those on a professional level translate to a personal are so important too. So you have the numbers and the people and you mix them together, like a, my whole brand is built on and boom, you have a very good solution. Awesome. Awesome. And, and do, do you think personally that people who graduate with a CPA or a degree in accounting, that they only think that they can do public accounting and that wealth management is just off the table? Or what do you think about that? Um, not really, um, because you know what? I actually went for my CPA and I didn't really want to do accounting long term, to be honest. Gotcha. But I knew that the audit practice at Deloitte was going to open the doors up for finance. And my next move was probably going to be wealth management. Now, I could have gone a better route and done CFP or CFA. But at the time, I didn't know I wanted to specifically do that. Now, right. obviously, we, it doesn't matter at this point because <laughs> I'm doing what we're do I'm doing now. And that right. doesn't require that. But um, yeah, I, th I think it, you can definitely it's not you should not be limited to in what you're doing. Um, the CPA is very valuable. And uh, if you work big four specifically, you have a, a bigger end to a lot of different companies just because of that solely. Gotcha. Interesting. So um, how, okay. So, so let's kind of dig into the budget thing because that's in your name and this is something that I really want to dig through. So what, how do you, how do you budget and how do you tell or teach people to budget and to stick with it despite regular income or overspending, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I have a, um, I have my budget financial freedom course that really walks you through the very granular steps of how the technical side of things. Um, but when I'm looking at holistically and I'm just saying, Hey, how do you, how do you budget? I guess the, the question was, um, I'm yeah. going to say, I'm going to say this is I, I think a budget is just a spending plan. I think it's a spending plan to allow your life to be what you want it to be. And so I think a lot of people look at a budget as restrictive or like, like boring and mundane, but it's like, dude, this has helped me do a lot of things and I'm very passionate about it. And it doesn't take me much time at all. I think it takes me 30 minutes a month, maybe, okay. um, to actually do the budget. We have one meeting per month. We kind of uh, decide on everything going through. I document it, we're done. And then we obviously record. So it really doesn't take much, but I think you need to build in the life that you want to live. But at the same time, if you're trying to pay off debt, if you're trying to do some big goals, you might need to sacrifice. But if you lay those things out on paper, you'll see the time frame of all that kind of stuff. And you can plug and play numbers to change those time frames. And it comes down to what you want to do. Are you willing to not go on vacation for a year. Um, if that's part of your plan, that's fine, but realize that money could be better used to pay off debt. And if, if you put it in a vacation, you're just gonna take longer to pay off the debt. There's no problem with it. There's nothing wrong with it, but you have to understand that time frame and how that's affected. Right, no, absolutely. And what do you think um, is something that a lot of people overlook when they're investing or budgeting? Um, I think they make it too complicated, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think they like... They think this is like some like grand uh, thing. And they, I think it deters a lot of people from even starting. And I think the biggest thing is like my investment philosophy, my budgeting philosophy, everything is so practical and so easy for like right. anybody to do. Um, I mean, it's primarily low cost index funds and it's, 
a simple budget. Like that's all it is. It's not like that complicated. Um, you have people saying like, I just don't know where to start. It's like, here's my course. Here's like my, my philosophy. I talk on IG lives all the time of how to do this. I have a free budget template in my link, in my bio, like you guys could start this today and get started. Like, it's not that hard. It's a matter of wanting to start. And so like that hard work initially is deterring a lot of people. Cause they're like, I don't know where to start that mind power of like yeah, thinking, yeah. having to think through all this stuff um initially might be one of those buffers and i think that deters a lot of people interesting and and you talk a lot too about um hidden investment fees so -hmm. can you get into that a little bit more too yes so when you were looking at an investment a lot of people were like oh this investment returned x percentage first off that's the novice way of looking at things because i mean we're talking different inception periods we're talking different uh you know economic cycles and stuff like that so if you're looking at a specific percentage return you're, you're looking at a very short, you're, it's very short-sighted and it's very like pinpointed um, where you can actually look at the whole picture. So if you understand the investment in total, it's more important. Um, when it gets into fees specifically, there's a long list. I mean, you, I could go on and on about potential uh, fees that you need to be aware of. Um, the biggest one that you should be aware of is probably expense ratio as well as financial advising fees. Those two fees are likely the two biggest of the 10 I list in my book. And uh, those fees could really eat into your profits with hundreds of thousands of dollars um, wow. at a 1% level. So you hear expense ratio, let's say 1% or ARC is a really popular fund right now, but it's actively managed by Kathy Wood and it's at 75 basis points. So 0.75, that's actually way more than people think they're all oh, 0.75 is nothing. If I earn 10%, you know, that's not 9.25 net, like whatever that 0.75 is a lot. And so yeah. Not only do you have to, those actively managed mutual funds have to beat the market, but they have to beat the market by that percentage plus some to make it make sense. And that's really hard to do. Even the smartest people in the world for years and years and years have tried to do this and they continue to lose. Um, 8% of large cap mutual funds beat the market in a 20 year period. So like 92% lost. Um, And so what's to tell me that it's going to be any different in the future when it's happened on numerous occasions throughout time? It could, I might be way wrong, but I can tell you based on statistics and numbers, it doesn't, it doesn't look very favorable. Um, it's just really hard to beat the market. And people like Warren Buffett will tell you that, even though he does beat the market. Yeah. Um, and he's a rare exception in unicorn out there. So it's just something to be aware of. And then financial advising fees, they will have you in actively managed mutual funds most times. So then you tack on an additional 1%, let's say on average one to 2% and boom, they, you know, they have you pigeonholed into two, 2% fees. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So those add up over time for sure. Probably. I'll so. give you a breakdown of a, a quick example. I'm trying to remember off the, the numbers from the, my book. So yeah, you invest $500 a month at 7% return for 30 years. You invest about $180,000. If you have a 2% fee in total, that comes out to be about $189,000 in fees. Dang. And that's not that much investing like that. A lot of people will invest more than that. So therefore yeah. that number would go up and creep up. Interesting. No, that that's a really interesting perspective that a lot of people don't talk about. So that's really really insightful. Um, now, who who are your heroes? Who are the people who you followed um, that have really helped you to kind of like get your platform to where it is today? Uh, so I like Gary Vee. That's kind of uh, cliche though to say. So one person I really liked recently is Russell Brunson. So he is in the ClickFunnels space and how to automate your business on the back end stuff. Um, how to it's ads, basically it's ads driven and stuff like that. And how to, how to promote your business in the right way, um, at the cheapest cost, um, and the most effective way. So Russell Brunson has been like a guy, I listen to his podcast every time I get in the car, nice. they're short eight to 12 minute episodes on a specific topic. So they're not like very wordy. 
just really quick. Um, and I really like that. So um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now with Russell Brunson. Nice. That's really, really cool. So what is some advice that you would give to someone who's considering the field of wealth management? Yeah, the field of wealth management, you have to understand that it's going to come in the form of people more so than the numbers. So there's different positions within the wealth management space. I mean, some people are behind the scenes creating the portfolios and some people are selling the business, getting the clients. Um, if you have a downturn in the market, expect to have a lot of phone calls, expect to be able to talk people from walking off the ledge. That's a big thing. Um, I have a call later today at one o'clock with my, with a financial advisor, not mine, obviously I don't have one, um, but a friend that's a financial advisor. Um, and, and, you know, we were just talking through some things, but I talked to him a lot and he says, if the market does anything, if it burps a little bit, like the, my phones are off the chain and wow. you have to, you have to realize people freak out during these times. And that's why they need financial advisors that there's times where it makes sense because, they, they don't, they have a lack of education and they freak out and they're, therefore they sell out of fear because they just don't know that could make sense to have a financial advisor. It, you know, even if you're paying them 1%, if you're going to sell and lose 10%, like it makes sense to lose that 1% and keep, keep the other nine. So um, yeah, you got to be, be aware of the people behind the numbers. Like you have a big, a big asset management um, portfolio and you have a bunch of AUM coming to you assets under management fee. But with that comes a lot of people and you have to realize there's people behind those numbers and you got to pay attention to that. Yeah, for sure. And, and what is just some general advice that you would have um, for just college students, you know, who are freshmen through senior, who are some of them who are about to start their career, what would you say? Um, okay. So I had a post the other day about what I would do if I was 18 or if I was 18 again. Um, and one of those was starting a Roth IRA. So that's a really big one. I wish yeah. I would have done that. And that's kind of a more technical side of things. But but more, more so what I would do is think about what your next goal is. Like when I was in college, I was just kind of mindlessly hanging out. Like if I'm being honest, I wasn't pre pre preparing myself. Like, yes, I got a job at Deloitte right out of school. I did well. I ended up doing fine. But like I wasn't really thinking past the moment I was in. Yeah. And so thinking where you're going and what the purpose of college is that college is a bridge to where you're trying to get to. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, some kids look at it like some like party time. And it's like, that's not the really the best way to look at it, to be honest, because you're paying a ton of money to get to where you're trying to go. And if it doesn't get you to where you're trying to go, why are you going on that bridge to get there? It doesn't right. make sense. You know? Right. Um, so understanding and thinking through that and also understanding you're not going to know everything. You're not going to just have some big grand solution. That's very hard to do, but begin to apply yourself at least to start thinking that way. Yeah. And, and you posted something the other day about how college isn't the only path that you can take. Like, Correct. like it, 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 there's so many other different paths you can take that could be even better for your success. Cause society says you need to go to college. You need to get a full-time job. If I'm being like honest, that. I really don't, I think college is, is definitely a great tool still in today's world, but I do think it's, it's gaining less and less value. I think people are seeing the cost rise. Um, I'm, you know, there's people doing what I'm doing that don't have college technically. Um, some could argue college has helped me get to where I'm at, but some might not. Um, and there's other paths to go. I mean, trade schools obviously are just one of the other huge avenues to take. Um, but even all this entrepreneurial stuff, there's just so much opportunity out there with the new online game. Yeah, there totally is. There totally is. Brennan, thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. If you like what you just heard, please like, comment, and share. This is Lance Mullen, producer of the MSU WMA podcast. MSU WMA, or Michigan State University Wealth Management Association, 
is a student organization part of the Eli Broad College of Business, located in East Lansing, Michigan. Our mission is to inspire and educate the next generation of financial planners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed, please check out our channel on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And check out our social media at MSUWMA and MSUWMA.com.